Hey everybody, welcome to a Wednesday, April 24th edition of Between the Horns. Miles Simmons across the table from DeMarco Far. It is just before 11 a.m. Pacific time here in Agoura Hills, California. And the NFL Draft is tomorrow. D. Far, are you excited? What are we talking about, Miles? I wasn't listening. <laughs> ah. <laughs> oh, you're so hilarious. Oh, yeah. yeah. These mics things. are hot now. Yeah, referencing yeah. things that happened before the mics right. are hot. So we're going to talk NFL Draft, uh, which will be this weekend. Stuff, yeah. um, this will serve as our NFL Draft preview episode of Between the Horns. But I want to start Geeked. with yeah, yeah for the draft. You hate mock drafts, don't you? I hate them. Why do you hate mock, mock drafts? I don't know. I, I think I've become more self-actualized with them over the last year or two. Because I, I think before it was kind of like, oh, I don't like that everybody just gets paid to be wrong. But now I think of it more as people are just going through different scenarios. Yeah. And, and it, it, people have nothing to write about. So they I know. make mock drafts and they flip coins and just throw names anywhere. Yes, they I do. I mean, 95% of them are... BS. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, it, yeah. it is. But I think, that, like I said, if, if you think of it more as, okay, we're going through this certain scenario, yeah. right? Instead of, oh boy, well, this is what's going to happen. Like, you you, you don't know what's yeah. going to happen. I, I think maybe Arizona knows what they're going to do. And of I say, course they know what's and going to happen. And I say maybe. Maybe. And the prime example is number 99. The room was split on him. Sure. Yeah, I mean, some people thought he was too short. The other said he's the best player in the draft, and it came down to the wire. So I wouldn't be shocked if Arizona is still running mock drafts or seeking information from their scouts trying Not, to make trying to make this choice. I don't believe that on the number one overall pick. Though. Well, I, well, I think I think Kyler Murray or maybe one of those tackles is it Quinnen Williams is the best player in the draft. Mm -hmm. But whether or not you want to take him at one is the issue. So I bet they're still going. Trying to figure out what they're going to do. I don't know. I, I think I think about, you know, when the Rams traded up to number one overall two years ago. Yeah. Three years ago now, it would be in 2016. Right. You didn't do that not knowing you were going to pick Jared Goff. A little bit different because who were your quarterbacks on the roster at the time? It was a no-brainer. You needed Goff. You yes. still got Rosen there in Arizona. So, I mean, there's a lot of moving parts, at least to the top. So I'm just, all I'm saying is uh, some teams, some organizations are still trying to figure out exactly what they're going to do. The Raiders, I thought was the funniest reveal ever that John Gruden kicked everybody out of the building. Yes. You know, it, to, to a certain respect, I bet most teams do that with the guys still in the room. <laughs> you right. know what I mean? So yeah, I mean, this, this will come down to the wire, man. I mean, we're, we're at crunch time now, but still, you have 24 hours to figure out what you want to do, exactly I, what you want to do. I just, I feel like if you have the number one overall pick and you've had it for that long, you know what you're doing. And, and yeah. you have a guy that is like Kyler Murray, who is somebody that Cliff Kingsbury knows pretty well, you know, has all these different opinions on. They know what they're doing. You just say you don't, oh, we're, we haven't completely decided yet to increase the drama and heighten all the whatever. Or because, increase be, the value. Right, yeah. that too. And because, you know, when the Rams, like I said, when the Rams traded up to number one overall, they knew what they were doing, but Les Snead goes out in the press conference and says, oh, we're still we're maybe 95, 97% well, sure. Because you da. had Carson Wentz. There. Right. So, I mean, so it was increasing yeah. the drama, is what right. I'm saying. Right, right. But you still didn't know which direction you wanted to go in. Yes, they did. You had a golf camp, you had a Wentz camp. 
you did, but you had. But the, at the end of the day, the decision makers knew what they were doing. I just, I don't know. Maybe I'm just not conspiracy theory person. Well, I mean, look, I'm just. It, it's it's tough because you don't want to make a mistake. Um, and just looking at Les Snead, you know, his resume never actually did that really until this year because Les has always been right there if you have questions, right? Uh, since he's been here, he has what four first rounders in eight years. Yeah, on the team currently. Oh, on the team currently. On the on the team currently. Uh, That's what I mean. Saying, so, like who he's picked. And you 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 just don't want to make or have a miss or a bust at that pick. So how could you know right now? Why would you be so solidified right now? I wouldn't know what I was gonna do until I actually did it in the draft. Really? Absolutely. There's so many guys out there. There's so many good players. You know, for for every person that thinks Kyler Murray is a is a lock to be a star in the league. I bet there's four or five people are saying, yeah, I'm just not so sure. I'm not so sure about this guy. This guy is the pick here. Quentin Williams is a guy you can plug in. Uh, this guy, this tight end, uh, what's the... TJ Hawkinson. Hawkinson. You can plug him in right now. I think he's the guy. Everybody has a different opinion. So how would you know until it's actually crunch time? I guess the... I- I just feel like if you're a decision maker and if you are, if you know that you have the first pick in the draft, there's got to be some level of conviction there. You know what I'm saying? In order to just be like, all right, this is what we want to do in order to set a direction for the franchise. And I guess, and and I hear you, I I think it does make sense in the sense that, okay, you don't want to be wrong. You want to make sure you have all the information possible you don't want to make a hasty decision. Right. But right. I think if you get to a certain point and you're 24 hours away from this and you know you've had the number one overall pick since... Since you forever. Know, yeah, yeah, since the beginning of the year. I it's think, been darn near the entire four months. I think you have a short list right now. I don't think you're looking at 25, maybe three. Possibly two. We're going here or we're going with this guy. Or we're going to trade back with them because we know they really want this guy. So you have probably three ways you're going to go, and you're going to make that decision when your time comes. But right now, I mean, to say you've made your choice now, I would say that's fantasy. Well, I don't think it. I don't think it behooves you in any way right. to reveal that you've made that choice. Right. But I think that last year, for instance, from everything that I've read, it seemed like John Dorsey had figured out that he wanted Baker Mayfield at number one overall again to set the direction for the course of the franchise. True. I think when you're picking a quarterback, quarterback needy, right? Right. <laughs> when you're picking a quarterback, it's probably different than when you're picking any other. Well, position. this is screwball. You got a team that's picking one that may pick a quarterback that picked third, picked the quarterback third last year. They didn't pick third. Or, they they picked Rosen at 10. At, at 10. That's yes. still on the roster. That traded up to get Rosen That's at a little 10. screwball. It so is this, screwball. This kind of screws up the draft. Excuse me about that. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, no worries. So, um, yeah, I mean. So, this is not the way I thought we would start no, this No, but just like we're debating cool. now, I bet most teams have two guys that make choices. I bet they're doing the exact same thing right here, right now. Sure. I have a gut feeling about this guy, but I like this guy here. This guy could babysit my daughter. This guy here is going to take us to four Super Bowls, but there might be a character flaw. I, I'm not. I'm worried about taking this guy. I bet it's going to go right down to the wire for a lot of teams just like this. Well, that, especially because after you get past that first overall pick, right, then everything is kind of a crapshoot. No doubt. You don't know who's going to call to trade up. You don't know who's going to call to trade down. Right. You don't know who is going to make a surprise pick at you know each different position. And everybody's draft board is different, too. Yeah, and here's the thing. If you made your choice on who you're going to pick at whatever number, now what happens if that guy's gone? Right. If you've already made your choice and set your board, this is where we're going. Okay, well, have you planned for if this guy gets picked, if somebody trades up to grab the guy that you want, then who's your second? Then who's your third? 
who's your next guy that's on the board? So, like I said, I mean, this will be fluid until it's not. Well, that's why uh, I've sort of evolved on my feeling in mock drafts, because I think I understand their utility, not necessarily for the public, but for the people who are internal, the people who have to make these decisions. You have to go through a certain amount of scenarios in mock drafts, especially if you're picking at number 31 overall. Right, yeah. Because you don't know who is and who is not going to be on the board, so you have to be ready to say, all right, you know, if these guys are on the board, you know, these five to six players perhaps— yeah. And if you've got a group of five or six that you really want for that 31 overall pick, if the, if one is on the board, who do you want? If two are on the board, who do you want? Right. If none are on the board, what are you going to try what to do? What do you do now? Exactly. <laughs> right. So that's the kind of thing that Les Need sets up with his entire group, and you utilize the coaches as well. And so that's what they've been doing. And so that's why I think I, my, my mindset on mock drafts is no I've learned more about that. It's more evolved. And once you go on the clock, man, I bet a lot of it's just go with your gut because you're never going to get definite, definites from anyone. Right. You know, it's, it's never going to be this is the guy. This is the guy. You're always going to have doubts or positive or whatever. You're going to probably go with your gut. This is the guy I like from the beginning, and who, this is who I'm going with. We'll see. But at the end of the first round, man, there's some good players. I know a lot of people think because Les Snead likes to deal that he probably, the Rams probably trade out of that 31st pick. Mm -hmm. You don't have a pick in the second round, it would make sense. But at the end of that first round, there are some players that you could draft right now and plug and play and, and, and not look back. Some guys that can help you right away. I'd say outside of the top 100, you know, most of those guys are ready to play right now when you look at college football and the guys that enter the draft. That top 100, those are the guys that, like you said, become either – rotational guys, important rotational guys, or outright starters in year one, year two. That's who you want. That's who you want right there. Beyond that, you're looking at project types. Well, what's interesting, and I, I, I want to get into this a little bit more too, like Les Snead has talked about, and I've seen him talk about this the last you know couple weeks, surrendering the results to the process, right? And this kind of goes into what you were just saying a little bit before, in that you have to trust what you've done to this point in order to get you ready for the draft. And then once you get into the draft, it's more about, all right, we know that we trust our process. We know that we trust the research that we've done, all the work that we've done in terms of looking at this guy from a player standpoint, his background. Are there any potential legal issues that mm -hmm. this guy might face? All That's of those deal, character man. things, yeah. right? All of that goes into it. So then you have to trust the process. You have to trust your board. And then that's how you then make those decisions because it's not just it, gut feel is part of it, but there is also the, you know, real analytical side in all the research that you've done that yeah. kind of tells you the answers to what you want to do. Well, when you send your scouts out and, you know, your guys come back from each corner of the country and... If you liked a guy in fall camp before football season kicked off in college ball, and then you liked him during the season, and then you got to see him at the combine, then you got to see him at the pro day, maybe you coached him or saw him at the senior bowl, and you liked this guy, and he fits what you think your team is going to be about, how your roster, how you want to construct your roster, right? So you stay with that, but this is where you get distracted, and it's funny. You know what I'm talking about. When you walk into a bar or someplace, you see a guy like DK Metcalf. Mm -hmm. Wasn't on your radar, but damn, he just jumped off the page at the combine, right? You're getting distracted. 6'3", 225, runs a 4'3". Maybe that might be the way to go. And built like a brick you-know-what house. You know, he's bigger than the guy I like. You know, he's faster than the guy I like. He may get you to compromise what you've seen all year. You know what I mean? Right. So that's what I mean. At, at this point, ignore the noise, go with your gut, but... 
everything is far from settled, even this close to the draft. Absolutely. So the Rams do have seven picks, so a full complement of picks mm-hmm. right now if you are just going standard, you know, one through seven rounds. So the first pick, number 31 overall, everybody kind of knows that. The next pick is not until the end of the third round, really, yeah. and that's their own pick, three, number 94 overall. Then you have number 99 overall as well, um, and that is a compensatory pick. Then your standard fourth round, fifth round, and sixth round picks, and then you have a comp- compensatory seventh round pick as well. So. I, yeah, I love fourth round guys, man. I mean, they're almost they're almost there, but you can tell once you get them, oh, I see why you dropped to the fourth round. Sure. A good player or just can't think. Or you see him and he gets off the bus and he's got puka shells on and Birkenstocks. Puka he's, shells on and puka shells? Yeah, puka? little shell, puka shells. Little white shells. Hawaiians wear puka shells. Oh. Yeah, but it's like he, he's getting off the bus with that on. Okay, wait, he's a little off, so he's not a front-of-the-program type guy. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah, so it's a little bit weird when you get down to those projects. Well, what's interesting, I think, you know, Les Snead mentioned this in the pre-draft press conference yesterday, which is about as useless a press conference as can be, except for the fact that yesterday they kind of announced, they not kind of, they did announce that Jared Goff uh, had, the Rams had exercised the fifth-year option on Jared Goff, yeah. and I want to talk more about that I a almost tweeted, later. duh. I know. Yeah, duh. D- did any is is anybody shocked? No, they shouldn't be. If there is, please call in or <laughs> call us, and we'll talk to you. Two one six five seven eight. You're shocked. <laughs> the guy just he was in the Super Bowl a couple of months ago. Well, sure. Okay. Right. Just saying. I, I do want to talk more about that later. Though. Yeah, yeah. But uh, back to this drafting, and you know, it would have been better if they didn't pick it up. Oh my God, that would be drama. Well, of course, they would be drama. <laughs> Be good for sports talk radio. Come yeah, it'd be on. great for sports talk radio. But that's, <laughs> that's not what we're doing right now. Let me talk about what I want to talk about, Demarco. Stop getting frustrated, Miles. Anyway, I'm anyway, not go frustrated ahead. yet. Go you ahead. know what I look like when I'm frustrated. You're getting there, but go ahead. This is not. This is not it. But uh, in terms of those mid round picks, right? You yeah. Know, you're talking about fourth round picks, third round picks. The Rams in the last two years have done a really good job mm-hmm. of getting those guys. Les Snead brought this up yesterday. You know, talk about that third through the fifth round. You got Cooper Cup, John Johnson, mm-hmm. Joe Noteboom, Brian Allen, Josh Reynolds, Samson Abukam, John Franklin Myers. All of those guys. Third to fourth round, third, fifth round picks. I think Abukam is a fifth round pick, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, I I believe you're right. I just saw it. Yes, go ahead. But you look at all of those guys, they've all been contributors, and they've all been kind of heavy contributors. Unless you're talking about Nopum and Allen, in which case you're projecting that they will be heavy contributors this coming year. Samson's fourth pick. Fourth round? uh, Yeah, number 125. Yeah, yes. So, but that's... And you're going to get a guy in Obo Okoronkwo, who is a fifth round pick. Project. Who has... (laughs) Exactly, who yeah. has a chance to be a heavy contributor this year, too. So that's why I think, A, you have a chance to trade back from number 31 overall and maybe pick up a couple more, a, a pick or two of that nature. You, want, you might want to do it because mm. you're used to picking in that range. You've probably done a lot of work on guys in that range, and you've had success picking guys in that range. Are you that same team? Because I think Les Snead has done a really good job of building this roster, but getting his core. You've got your quarterback. You've got your running back. You've got Aaron Donald. You've got some good pieces. You went out and got Robert Woods. You've got Cooks. You've got Cooper Cup. You've got guys that are ready to play. Now what you have is an aging offensive line, especially at left tackle. So if you have a premium stud tackle or the third or fourth rated guy on the board or the third guy, which could happen depending on what happens with Kyler Murray, if he's staring right at you at number 31, I think you have to make that move. 
You have to think for the future. Think about Noteboom. And I just read uh, a couple of days ago, someone had ranked the Rams 2018 draft as a bust because Noteboom and Allen didn't play. I'm like, wait a minute, hold on. Who's in front of them? The guys on the field, Sully and Witt, are pretty damn good. You can't knock these guys for not getting on the field, but they're going to be on the field a lot this year. So I think that's going to look a little bit different. So same thing. If you have another top-flight tackle that could be your left tackle of the future, that could learn behind Witt, take him. Sure. Uh, why trade back to to add more projects, to add more depth, when you could actually add a starter in 2020, you know, through – 20 through 2028 you know what i mean yes i think that would be the smart pick to do but i but that i think is the difference right you can still say even if you are trading back based on the fact that these guys have found your cooper cups of the world your john johnson's of the world guys who were able to come in as rookies and become oh, yeah. premium starters. I, I, yeah. I and honestly, I don't I don't feel bad saying that either Cooper Cup or John Johnson is a premium starter. I, I think both of no, them they are. have a chance to become all pros in the near one future. One was a Pro Bowl snub and one would have probably made the Pro Bowl had he not gotten hurt. Exactly. Yeah. And the whole season would have been different had Cooper Cup not gotten hurt. Yes. Yeah, especially and the end of it. And you still made the Super Bowl, right? <laughs> right. And that, that's something that I think, you know, you you got to think about when you're thinking about okay, what can the Rams offense look like in yeah. 2019 Yeah, yeah, and 2020 because that core is still going to be there for the most part. No doubt. What a duel that would have been had Cup been there with Edelman and Cup in the oh, same game. Oh, uh. goodness gracious. Wow. I mean, the same thing, <sighs> the same strengths or the same outlets that Brady had, Goff would have had. I know. Yeah, that's just the way it went. Anyway. So, anyway, moving yes. forward. Moving but forward. No, I, but I also don't disagree with you on the fact that Look, okay, you know, we alluded to Jared Goff, right? Mm -hmm. Jared Goff eventually is going to get paid. Probably not this year. And, you know, we got a chance to speak to Kevin Demoff yesterday, and he was sort of talking about, um, you know, the contract situation. And I, I and he brought up how, you know, there's a, it's kind of like the housing market in some ways, right? You know, at some point you might want to just buy the house that you're really looking at because you think, oh, well, it's this price now, but I don't know that I want to pay that. But then, you know, a year later, oh, by the way, boom, that thing is even more expensive than it was. I'm assuming Jared Goff is the house. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. So that's that. Right. And so that yeah. he was making that analogy. And so then I asked him, like, so does that mean maybe you start thinking about doing that this year, as you've done with Todd Gurley in the past? Right. You know, did it. Robert if I can Quinn get a before. deal done with Goff now, I would. Right. Yeah. But, but if I'm Goff, I wouldn't. Exactly. And <laughs> right, that was right. sort of what he was saying. You right. know, it probably is not something that's going to happen this year because you're already going to have Jared Goff get a pretty substantial raise next year with what that fifth year option mm -hmm. is. And there's no real impetus from him, as you just said, to do that. Right. No. What? What, what I'd is bet the on impetus? Myself. Right. Yeah. I'd bet on myself. I'd bet on 5,000 yards, 35 touchdowns, seven picks. Right. Now pay me. Right. Yeah. And because especially <laughs> at the quarterback position, those contracts aren't really fluctuating. You know, the right. market is what it is. Right. It, it's going to keep going up. And I don't, you know, you could maybe compare it to the housing market, but it's not like there's a bubble that's going to burst, I don't think. Uh, it know? could. I mean, it changed. I wouldn't say burst, but it did change. Remember Sam Bradford when the money just kept going up for those quarterbacks before you actually played. And then Cam Newton came the next year and everything was different. Exactly. So it wouldn't burst. It will just change. So I don't know if you can change this. You know, premium quarterback play is worth, what is Russell Wilson making per? 35? 30, 35. I think that's the benchmark now. It is. It's yeah. definitely the benchmark now. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're not 
thinking 35 and beyond, then I think you're just whistling Dixie here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, right. And that's something that, I mean, is going to take place probably not this summer, but next summer, I would have to think that that's when those those wheels are really, really going to start turning. I'm not sure if it's legal, but I would bet it starts now, at least making phone calls, inquiries. Oh, yeah, no, it is. Yeah. It is. Uh, After your third year, you are eligible for an extension. So Jared Goff technically is eligible for an extension at this moment right now, but I don't don't think that's I wouldn't say I'm calling to, if I'm his agent, I wouldn't call to negotiate, I would just call to make sure that I have your number, you have mine. Yeah. And I may do that three or four times a week. Hey, just making sure you have my number. (laughs) Hey, just checking in again, you know? (laughs) But what's, I mean, what's interesting then, and we have sort of talked about this on the last few podcasts with a guy like Russell Wilson, right? So now you're paying him $35 per. And what did the Seahawks just do this week? Traded Frank Clark. Exactly. (laughs) Traded one of their best defensive players. One of the best in the league. Right. Because they didn't want to pay him an extension. That's two times in two years. First Khalil Mack, now Frank Clark. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, if you've got to pay the guy, pay your quarterback, you're going to start to hemorrhage some talent. I think it's obvious, right? And, you know, I had this discussion with Mike Sando. Um, It's funny. Like, can you pay a quarterback and field a competitive football team? Sure, but you got to hit in the draft. Right. You can't miss. Right. Period. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's and that's what I think we get we get into this, right? Yeah. Where you're saying, "Okay, can you get a premium guy at 131 where you have him for 5 years?" Yeah. Just based off the rookie contract. You mean 31. Contract. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I mean, I went one round one 31. I got overall. you. Right, Sorry, right. that that was on me. No, no, you got you. Um, yeah, yeah. But can you get that guy there? that will help your franchise for the next five years at a reasonable contract rate. That's very important because yeah. eventually you got to pay the QB. You've already paid your star defensive tackle. You've already paid your running back. You've already paid a wide receiver in Brandon Cooks. You've already paid your right tackle too. So that's something, right. you know, the Rams are set up well, but again, like you said, you have to hit and you have to make sure you're building your program. Well, Sony Michelle was uh, 31 last year. Good player until he got hurt, right? Ruben Foster was there. Um, I think that was more of a luck pick, and it turned out to be a disaster for the 49ers who picked him. Yep. Uh, let's see. Who else is in there? That's Oh, Bradley Roby is a guy that, that's at 31. I mean, so, you know, if these guys are basically top 15 guys that the draft or how the top 10 of the draft kind of screwed their board up, if they're top 15, top 20 guys staring at you at number 31, I think you have to make that pick especially if it's along the offense and defensive lines, yeah. which it probably will be. You know, I mean, I, rather than having three or four project guys, you know, if you trade the pick, I'd rather have that one guy that I, I either can groom for the future or plug in and, and play right now. Do you have any names that, of guys that you think really fit there? Uh, you know, it like I said, it depends on what Arizona does at one. Okay. You know, if the Raiders jump up there and take Kyler Murray, that just changes everybody's board. Then you've got to worry about uh, the kid from um, Ohio State, Haskins. I think he's going to be a star. Have you seen that guy break down film? He's I tremendous. Not, yeah, he's a guy I wouldn't be afraid to trot out in front of the press. Okay. There are some quarterbacks you take that are great, but you, you might have to plant a PR guy next to him when he's talking to the media. This is different. This is a true drop back leader, been born to do it type guy. Whoever passes on him is making a mistake, especially if you're quarterback needy. But 
We'll see. It just depends on where these quarterbacks go and when they come off the board. So I think I bet an O tackle is going to be there at thirty one. I guess that's a long way of saying it. Yes. Yeah. 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 I think you know a couple names that I have seen at least on the mock draft circuit. Yeah. Uh, Garrett Bradbury, who's a center from North Carolina State, and you know you look at Pro Football Focus and they say he's the best zone blocking center. In the draft, and I read um, a film breakdown from SB Nation Stephen White that was actually really good about how you know Garrett Bradbury can really get out there yeah, on yeah. the edges and secure to cut people off, and also he pass blocks pretty well. Um, but he I think, was available last year. Probably take that guy. You've got Brian Allen, right? Yeah, I, I think I don't say I don't know, I don't want to say you're set at center, um, but you're set at center. You're, you should be. You think you are. You have two. You have a, you have two guys that can play center, and they're both young. Yeah. One started at right guard, and one was on the bench watching Sully play, and is probably going to play right now. I think you need tackle help. Okay. Yeah. Outside of Witt and Havenstein, who's next? Nope, boom, but he's playing left he's guard. He's going to play guard, right. right. I think you need another tackle. Right. So from that standpoint, then you have another guy that I whose name that keeps coming up in Draymond Jones out of Ohio State, and he is a Cleveland native, went to St. Ignatius, which is not a, call, a, a high school that I went to, but it is a really big, um, it's a big time high school football program yeah. in Cleveland. And so he's done really good things at Ohio State. He's somebody that could line up on the defensive line, help you replace. That's not the one suit. that's paying kids, right? Or is that the other school? What, St. Ignatius? Yeah, there was one school that uh, that teams refused to play in Baltimore because it was loaded with D1 guys. <laughs> yeah, some school. Yeah, okay. I guess it's not them. Yeah, we were uh, when we were in Baltimore I'm training camp for a while. But I don't know. Oh, last it was going on last year. I think one of the coaches was at training camp when we were there. Really? Yeah, this team has like they would recruit kids from all over, and they were just full of D one kids. That's hilarious. Yeah, in a private school league, and it's like this is unfair. So some schools refuse to play them. It's funny. Yeah. Uh, well, so Lindsay Theory of ESPN's NFL Nation covers the Rams. She picked. Boston College interior lineman Chris Lindstrom in the NFL ESP, excuse me, the ESPN NFL Nation mock draft that they did yesterday. Yeah. This is another guy you continue to see in mocks. I think what's interesting to Marco is that a lot of people mm. don't necessarily see the Rams' offensive line as we do because we're here, you know? So you see Sully's gone. You see that Joe Noteboom is in. You see that Roger Saffold is gone. You see that Brian Allen, and it's kind of like, yeah, those that's guys. why I don't listen to anybody else. Right, well, I yeah. know. <laughs> right. So that's why I think you see probably what you see on the mock drafts when, right. it, when it looks like that. Well, uh, just some of the guys at the bottom. Um, bottom of the first round. I hate to say the bottom of the first round. I mean, it's really the top of everything else. Uh, Noah Fant, the the other Iowa tight end, the one that ran the 4-5, uh-huh. could actually be there at 31. I'm just saying. No, I I think that tight end is a position that the Rams probably will address Just in saying. this draft. So Especially if it's a premium playmaker. The second best tight end in the draft may be staring at you at 31. They could go in the top 15, which is why when you ask me who's at the bottom of 31, who knows? It just depends on where everybody else goes. Uh, Greg Little is the guy that I had seen that I liked. He's an O-tackle from Old Miss. There's a guy that you can plug in and just say learn from wit. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But that's all speculation. We don't know. But 
these are the bottom of the first round type guys that could be there depending on how the top 10 goes. So here's another name that I continue to see at the bottom of the first round. Jeffrey Simmons, the defensive tackle out of Mississippi State, who tore his ACL in February while preparing for the draft. No more. Now, no, no more. No more torn ACL guys. No, no more. more torn ACL. No guys. more. No, no. So Because th that's what the question is to me. Right. Like, do you pick somebody at the end of the first round? So you get that fifth year with him knowing that this is a guy that's top 10 talent, perhaps, that you can, you know what, you just say, all right, you got a redshirt year, but the next year comes back and you pair him with Aaron Donald on the defensive line. This is, that's what a lot, excuse me, a lot of yeah. analysts have put out there kind of for the reason of, all right, you know, you you got a team that's not afraid of drafting a guy that's coming off an ACL. Right. They did it with Todd Gurley. Well, here's the question. If you had it all over to do again with Todd, would you do it? Yeah. Top 10 guy. Of course. Heartbeat, right? Yes. Heartbeat. Yes. Um, and, and as uncertain as everything is right now, you're looking at his first four years, four to five years of production. We're kind of uncertain now, depend, uh, seeing how, how this last season ended. I, yes, right. I, I think that's a fair statement to me. Right. So would you do it again? If you're guaranteed to get a superstar for four years and then move into uncertainty, uncertainty mm -hmm. island, uncertain island. I. It's a rough one, right? Well, I, I think it, it, that's an interesting question because I think at this point, the Rams are still counting on him to mm -hmm. be a very highly productive player. right? You, they're, as they're, you and I are, they're, but we're just uncertain. They're paying him right. to be that. Right. So, you know, I. That's an interesting question. Yeah, it's it's kind of rough, isn't it? I mean, that's that's what I mean. I think. Well, I would, and it, the other thing is, I think coming if you're coming out of college and you've already got the torn ACL, I might be a little hesitant. You know, especially at a position where I need you to play right away. Right. <laughs> that's that's number one. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. So I think the difference right now is a this franchise is in a very different spot than it was in 2015. Right. When it picked Todd Gurley at number ten overall, right? No like, doubt. This is a Super Bowl contending team. This this team has championship aspirations that are realistic. Right. Everybody has championship aspirations. But if you had asked me in the beginning of 2015 at that draft, do I think that this is a team that can make the Super Bowl? The answer would have been no. Fair. Uh, yes. Yeah. Fair. So, you know, now I think as a franchise, you want to get. If you're gonna get somebody at one at in the first round at 31 overall, then you kind of need that person to contribute right away, at least or at least be in position to contribute. To step in if yes, yeah. if needed. I think I I think Noteboom was that guy. I think yes. Allen was that guy. Yes, you know. So if you can do it, you know, beyond the first round, you can darn sure do it with a first rounder. You know, stay at the ready. You know, just in case. But it's Witt's job. Now, it's like baseball. You're blocked at shortstop. It's his job, but stay ready. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, there's just no minor league system. But, you know, like I said, I mean, if you've got – if what you're looking at is outside of the tight end, let's just forget that for a second. But, you know, one of the interior guys, interior defensive tackles that fell, you might want to take a look. You might not want to, you know, trade back. If you've got an offensive lineman, an offensive tackle, the third or fourth guy on the board – Sitting there, I think that's a no-brainer for this football team, especially when you're considering you're about to pay your quarterback a lot of money. You might want to think about protection into the future at the same time. 
No, I that's agree. what that. I mean, that's. I think that would be the the more prudent or the practical way to go. Right. Well, <clears throat> and the the thing about that is, I mean, a if you want to look at the tackle spot, right. I think you have a little bit of flexibility in terms of where you could go on the offensive line, whether it be interior linemen or then tackle because of Joe Noteboom's versatility, right? Yeah. That's the guy that you, I mean, you picked him last year in order to become the heir apparent at Ooh. left tackle already. So in so, some yeah, ways you have, funny. that's interesting. You have that flexibility, right? You, if yeah. there's a tackle that you really like, all right, boom, that's the guy that we want. Or if there's a guard you really like, exactly, you can slide him back out to left tackle, exactly, and, and not miss a beat. Yeah, but if if your best guy is a guard, if you don't like the tackle at 31, and you target this guard later, that's when you trade back. Uh huh. I can get this guy later if he's going to be for the future. So I mean, like I, just like I said. No one's decided on what they're going to do just yet. Right. I, yeah. I think no one's decided past number one overall. Right. That that would be the What did I learn from Vermeil? If, 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 if you go into the draft with a gotta-have guy, you fail. Unless you have the number one overall pick. Yeah, even with that, if it's a gotta-have, I gotta have this guy. Hold it, on. It usually comes out bad. No, 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 no. Are you going to tell me that Dick Vermeil didn't classify Orlando Pace as a gotta-have guy? I think that was more of a no-brainer. Yeah, maybe he what was. What is the difference? Maybe he was looking past Orlando, but I mean, yeah. Because you trade, because I mean, Ramil, there was no doubt it was Orlando Pace. Well, that's what I'm saying. Camille traded up to number one overall yeah. to get Orlando Pace, and boom, he was the franchise left tackle that becomes a Hall of Famer. But I think the way he couched it, I think at the time we actually had a first round guy playing left tackle. Okay, I don't, I don't, I'll be yeah. quite honest. I don't know the history. I mean, so, I was like, like, like pace. Four. No matter who you had at left tackle, you're still taking pace number one. Sure. So there's no gotta have. That's just obvious. But if you trade, <laughs> yeah. I, no, no, no. But if you trade up to get him, that's a gotta have guy. True. To me, right? I, I think you could say this. You can make the same argument for the Rams trading up to get Jared Goff. You okay. classified him as a gotta have guy, and you made sure that you had to, that you could have him. Well, one of those quarterbacks, it was a no brainer, and you're quarterback needy, you know. Yeah. Okay. Uh, fair enough. It makes sense. It's weird. Okay. Yeah. Well, but it's like remember. <laughs> I mean, remember when we were having the argument last year about the Browns and Saquon Barkley? Yeah. And I still we, think you're wrong. <laughs> that's all right. You can continue to think I'm wrong, but I know I'm not. Guys, rookie of the year, man. <laughs> you don't think that would help Cleveland? You don't think they needed a quarterback? True, but Barkley was rookie of the year on a bad football team. I think he's better than you think. Baker Mayfield led the the Browns to a 5 and 2 record to end the season and they were 7-8 and 1. I and, like and, and, so, and missed the playoffs. Yes, and missed the playoffs, okay. but what did the Giants do? I, I just said the Giants were a bad football team. Really bad. But this guy was rookie of the year. He Even, shouldn't have been rookie of the year. Baker Mayfield should have been rookie oh, of the year. Now you're changing. Now you said want to change rookie, I, Listen, I know I'm kind of changing the goalposts here, but he said a rookie. T- he said a rookie record for throwing touchdowns. He didn't even play in the I first gotcha. two weeks of the year. Right. Okay. So now it's Canadian football. You just widen the field. Oh, just saying. I mean, look. Wow. If you don't have your quarterback, you're nothing. Where are the? What are the Giants trying to do right now? Trying to find a quarterback. I, I said it was a bad football team. So what is this guy going to do on a good football team or a pretty good football team? Well, Rookie of the year. You might never know because, you know, they don't have a quarterback. Wow. Because Eli Manning is 15 years in and Dave Gettleman is still talking about him <laughs> like he's in year seven or eight. <laughs> I'm with you. Bad football team. Great player. 
Okay, but he's a running back. So, okay, then oh. we can have the same discussion about Wait Todd a Gurley. A running back led you to the Super Bowl. Right. <laughs> or at but, least got it started but, here. But who else do you have? You've, you've got weapons, guaranteed. You've got weapons. No, I'm not talking about here. weapons. I'm talking about the quarterback. You've got you weapons here. You had the here. QB. So, you drafted Todd Gurley at 10 overall the yeah. year before when you thought you might have something in Nick Foles. You didn't. Then you go out and you draft a QB number one overall. Then you get a guy who can actually coach offense. And, oh, by the way, then that's when you get to the right. point where you can get to the playoffs and then to the Super Bowl. Case Keenum was knocking on the doorstep a couple of years ago with Minnesota with a really good team. And an average quarterback. With okay. a pretty good running game. It can't happen. I'm, all I'm saying is... They should never have won that game You don't pass up a stud. They should never have won that game where Stephon Diggs went down the sideline, You don't pass up a stud like Barkley because he's, oh, he's just a running back. Okay. Now the guy's rookie yes, of the year. Do. Now what? Now what? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Now what? Now the Giants are drafting at 6 and 17. And at one of those places, they probably have to draft a quarterback Even because if they're you, still not a good football if team. If you took tomorrow. a quarterback in New York, they would still stink. They were a bad football team. If that, you take a quarterback, you're at least setting yourself up oh. to be better down so the Saquon road. So Saquon Barkley's not going to be good after year one? I'm not saying that he's a bad football player. I'm saying that you need a good QB in order to take your offense over the top. You need at least a serviceable quarterback in order to take your offense to where it needs to go. Now, the other thing about New York Giants right now is that they just got rid of arguably the best wide receiver in the league, Right. Okay. Uh, so, how does that I didn't help? I know Julio Jones played for the Giants. I said arguably for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally why I said okay. arguably, because yeah. to me, you know, you've got yeah, Odell Beckham Jr., you've got he's Antonio Brown. the social Brown. media champion of the world. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Just saying. And Julio Jones. You had, okay, so you had. Those are the, the three that I would classify as You had Odell Beckham Jr. in New York. Did you hear about him last year? No. Why? Bad football team. And the guy still run rookie of the year. You are like, you are still... <laughs> I feel like your brain is just like revolving around the fact that QB is the missing link here. No, QBs are great. You need one. If you if you don't have one, you need one. Boom. Right. All right. If so you if you're one, at you the top one. of the draft and you're the Cleveland Browns and you haven't had a, a decent quarterback since Vinny Testaverde in the mid '90s when I was two Wait and a three minute. years Wait, old, are you about to sit here and tell me you were sold on Baker Mayfield? No. Oh, thank you. So you think they reached, and he played better than you thought. But it's so not, don't so don't say like, oh, the quarterback is the thing because Baker Mayfield panned out. I, Give me a break. No, Hold no, no, on. no, no. Whoa, whoa. The <laughs> point that I'm trying to reach here is, if you don't have a QB, you need one, and you need a right. QB more than you need a running back. I'm moving on because now. then they got <clears throat> Nick Chubb, and look right. at what Nick <clears throat> Chubb was able to do. All right, right. so <clears throat> I just love it that people can't eat crow with Saquon Barkley. I'm not eating any crow with Saquon Barkley because I was right. Why okay. would I eat crow on something that I was <laughs> okay. right about? Well, you don't take a running back that high. He just won rookie no, of the year. No, 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 I guess, no, no. But I guess it doesn't matter. You, I guess it doesn't matter my, if he's any good. You just don't take a running back that high. You don't take a running back that high if you don't if you need a quarterback as well. You know, if you're the Browns, what good would it have done you to take Saquon Barkley and not take a quarterback? Who are you gonna play a QB? Deshaun Kaiser? Okay, but even when you took the quarterback, Tyrod. Did you Taylor? make the playoffs? Not in no. the first year, but uh, what no. quarterback? So, so you're right back in the draft this year for one of these quarterbacks. You could get Kyler Murray. Who knows? That's what I'm saying. They can't get Kyler you, Murray because they're no. at six. Geniuses like most people, I'm not going to point at you, would pass up that guy because you need a quarterback. Yes. You'd pass up a generational type running back because you need a quarterback. Yes. And try to force it. 
No, did they? And don't force just it? go because he's shaking his head. Yes. No, I, I, this is my opinion. <laughs> okay, go this ahead. This is my opinion, okay. and I believe that I was right because the Browns are now on track to become a playoff team in year two with Baker Mayfield, right. who was able to get on the field to get, win games, and now they've given him more weapons. Right. But you have to have okay. the QB in order to set I yourself up for that. I can't wait until October. I can't wait until week three. This is going to be fun. Well, okay. We can have the same back, argument again. Don't back off this intensity. Why would I ever? Don't back off the intensity. <laughs> really, don't. The kids say keep that same energy now. I don't care what they say. <laughs> don't lose the intensity. Okay. <laughs> I did not expect to have a heated argument about oh, Baker Mayfield that's and just Saquon interesting. Barkley. Oh, my God. You guys would pass up great players because of need because of the the chart the chart says go get a quarterback but you got (laughs) you got somebody who is on track to be a great quarterback so i don't understand like you had look don't say it like it was a like it was a no-brainer it's, with Baker Mayfield. Not, no, 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 no. But it's not about I, me. What? Be, it's not about me having it be a no-brainer. And when I told you this last year, I said, if you really want both Baker Mayfield and Saquon Barkley, you have the number one overall pick. Take them both. You have the number four overall pick. Trade up to number two. Take them both. And take them both. Right. But instead, the Browns got uh, Baker Mayfield and they got Denzel Ward. And they've set themselves up both on offense and defense to be good for a number of years here. So you don't think New York is set No, I do not. How are they set up? They don't have a QB. Well, when you do finally get a quarterback, just like Cleveland did. When you do finally get a quarterback is what you're saying. And you'll be set up with those two guys in the backfield. So it's six and one half dozen in the other. I don't think it is. You're still searching for your quarterback. So if New York gets gets a quarterback this year and they go from year one to year two with that quarterback and he grows, you think Barkley's just going to fall off the cliff? No, I think that should make Barkley even better. So So you'd be set up. Both teams missed the playoffs. Yes. So you're saying Cleveland's just a, a bit ahead of New York because they have a quarterback. Yes. That's exactly what I'm saying. Okay, let's let's find out who New York gets bef- okay. before we go any farther. Okay, right. go ahead. All right. Go ahead. All right. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Fantasy football. Okay, yeah. Hugh Jackson is the reason that they didn't make the playoffs, as our producer Glenn just said. And who was in New York? Pat Shermer. It's another former before him. coach. Ben McAdoo. Yeah, okay. Remember that team they fielded in London? The, the London Third and 33? No, that and was, it scored? Hey, hey <laughs> genius. That was, that was not the London game. That was what the was game that? after. What game was that? <laughs> that oh, that was, was in New York. York. But third and 33. Bad, <laughs> bad football team. Anyway, yeah, it was all a blur. But go ahead. The one yeah. that we saw in New York beat the Rams 13 Who was 10. that in London? Was that the... Oh, still Ben McAdoo? No, was that Arizona? There was Arizona. It was Arizona in seventeen. In Arizona. Yes. Oh, okay. And right, then there was right. a bye week, and then the fifty-two. Right. The, you know, whatever. Yeah, that was a first-class butt kicking. Adrian Peterson was starting that day, and did in, nothing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. In, okay. And in, in, uh, all a blur. Him. Right. Yeah. But you're not. I mean, you're not entirely wrong. The Rams did play the the Giants in London in 2016, but they won that game <laughs> thirteen to ten. Anyway, where are we going now? We're going to <laughs> positions that I think the Rams probably need to build depth at in this draft class. Okay, so if I like, and I wrote this down. So if I'm saying like the Rams have seven picks right now, right? Mm-hmm. And if I the picks the places that I think they've got to make picks, offensive line, defensive line, just to build depth there because no you you don't have it as much as you did last year based on the way things have happened. Linebacker especially because right now you've basically got three guys on the interior right. for your linebacker in Corey Littleton, Micah Kaiser, and Traven Howard. 
Um, so that's something wow. that you have got to really think about. Um, and then also I would say safety corner, just thinking about the age and the contract situation there, probably need to build depth there. Running back, you should probably always take a flyer on one. And quarterback, especially because yeah. you got Blake Bortles on a one-year deal. Well, what's your – my philosophy, look, is um, – and it's kind of like what Belichick does. I'm about the line of scrimmage before I move backwards. So until I solidify that, um, until I have enough guys there, I'm not looking beyond. You know what I mean? So if I see an offensive tackle, offensive guard that I could say for now and for the future, I'm taking him. If, if there's defensive line help out there, especially interior, I'm taking him. And I'm trying to remember, when did the, the Rams sign Sue last year? Uh, what, what month was that? It was, it was April. It was early April. Early April. So the chances of finding another free agent um, that's worth anything, because if he was, he'd probably be signed already right. or slim. So you're looking at draft now and what you have on the roster. But – if, if you're going to play young guys up front, you might as well add another uh, another couple along the defensive line. If you're going to depend on Sebastian, Joseph Day, and Franklin Myers, you might as well add more young guys to that mix. I agree with that. Yeah. Um, and, and you know what? If I can't find a stud, I'll just hit you in waves. Right. Yeah. E exactly. Um, and that's kind of why I think the Rams might trade back, right? So that you have the ability in what is considered a very deep defensive line draft class mm -hmm. to then go into maybe the second round, pick up a guy, maybe you get another third round pick in that as well. And that allows you to get, you know, and this is kind of a crass comparison, but like you're kind of throwing darts, mm -hmm. you know, and you want the dart to stick on the wall. Right. And see where <laughs> you can hit. Right, and I mean, like, where where am I going to stack that depth? Am I going to stack that depth behind Michael Brockers, so am I drafting a five technique? Mm -hmm. Am I drafting size, not necessarily skill? Or am I drafting another Aaron Donald type? You know what I mean? Another, another pass-rushing interior defensive lineman. Do, do I covet that? May not be as big, but, Dan, does he get to the quarterback? Uh, you know, do you... Right now, how do you sit at outside linebacker? Guys that actually rush the passer. That's what, that was the next place that I was going to go. I mean, I don't yeah. necessarily know that that's as much of a need this year. Yeah. But, you know, think about what the Rams did with the offensive line last year. There wasn't necessarily a need immediately, but True. Clay Matthews is getting up there. Dante oh, Fowler, there. you only have yeah. <laughs> him on a one-year deal. So, you know, you have guys like Obo Okoronkwo behind him. You have guys like Samson Abukam. But can those guys really step up and make plays? Also, a guy that we really haven't talked much about, Morgan Fox. Yeah. Can he come back from injury and be effective? Because he was in line to be a starter I hope last so. year. I like him. He's I like dude. him a lot, too. Good dude. Good yeah. dude. Yeah, good player is. and does everything you tell him to do. Yeah. And all he does is make plays. <laughs> right. Yeah. He always shows up where the ball is, and that's that's the stuff you can't coach. But if there's an edge guy, an outside backer that's there, um, one of those, uh, dare I say, Giraffe types, tall, thin, lean, not very big, but mm -hmm. God, can he fly around the edge? Eh, okay. You know, even though I feel pretty comfortable with my two guys or three guys I'm going to trot out for, you know, September, I might want to add one more, you know, that can push for depth towards the end of the year or maybe early. Who knows? Right. Exactly. So those, those are a couple of places. Um, I think at quarterback, because you have somebody like Jared Goff, who's going to be the, the guy for the future, you're, you're pretty set there. I mean, Kevin Demoff made the joke yesterday, like, yeah, we're probably not taking a QB at 31 overall. Like, well, that, that's kind of obvious. Mm -hmm. But I think in later in those later rounds, right, where you're maybe round five, 
round four even, you want to take a flyer on somebody, especially if you can pick up one of those extra picks, mm-hmm. that's a place where it can maybe happen because you then develop that guy, and then who knows what happens. You know, If he has to play at some point, then you know, you've developed him, people see that he can do it, and then you get to flip that guy again mm-hmm. for a decent pick. I, you know, I mean, just looking around, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, there's going to be some surprises, and it would not shock me, like you said earlier, if they wind up bolstering. Like, we're, we're thinking defense. Everybody is thinking defense, right? You need defensive help. I wouldn't be surprised if they added to the offense. Yeah, that's why you – I think that's why you brought up no offense in, earlier yeah, in the show, especially right? at 31. Um, there's, there is a – I guess – what do you call that? Um, uh, there's great indication you could trade back to split that pick up. But if one of these guys falls, one of these offensive players, and it could be, and it could be a running back, <laughs> since we're talking about running backs and arguing about running backs, if there is a running back, uh, one of the, the, the second best guy on the board is still there at 31. You know, maybe you, maybe you pulled the sugar there. You could, who knows? That's what I'm saying. Who knows? Absolutely. Who knows? Right, right, right. Um, One trade scenario, though, that I did see this week that I think is probably a bit realistic is uh, was from Peter King, NBC Sports Now, his Football Morning in America column. He had his sort of annual mock draft, and he always says, you know, this is based on what I'm hearing and, and da 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 But he said, you know, I think the Rams probably don't necessarily want to pick here. They probably want to trade back, add a couple of picks. And he said Denver wouldn't that maybe be the team that comes back up into the first round to pick a quarterback like a Drew Locke. So that was the pick that he he put in his mock. And Elway put it out that he loves Locke, right? A long time ago. Mm. Yeah, he's he's been in love with Locke for a long time. Um, so there might be business there. Right. Yeah, could be business. Yes. As long as you get the guys that you want later in the draft. <laughs> well, right, right, yeah. right. Wow, wow. But, I mean, then that, those are the things you have to weigh, yeah. right? You know, mm-hmm. uh, does this group of guys have a chance to fall back to where we would then be picking so that we can still get one of these players that we really, really like? Right. And that's the difference, honestly, in picking in the first round. The Rams, since they've been at this facility that they now have at Cal Lutheran, they've not picked in the first round. And I've been fortunate enough to sit in the draft room over the last couple of years, and, and we'll do so again um, this year. And it's been really interesting just kind of being there on the first night and you kind of see everybody just kind of like watching and waiting and watching (laughs) and waiting. You go out, you get some food, you come back in, nothing's really happening. Right. And this year it's going to be different because you have that pick there. So by the end, you know, coming into like 730, 8 o'clock on Thursday night, tomorrow night, that it's going to be interesting. There's a better than average chance that less need will deal. Five of eight drafts he's dealt out of the first round, or dealt, uh, moved picks around. So, yeah. and he's been, I think he's hit on, uh, I think he's hit on at least half of those moves, right? Mm-hmm. Tavon worked for a while, did not work. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now gone. So, yeah, I mean, I would, there's a good chance that you won't have a first rounder this year mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. I, the, the one thing I think people sometimes forget is that the Rams have picked at the end of the first round in the less need era. Mm-hmm. And that was with Alec Ogletree. You know, he was 30 overall back in 2013. Forget and, about that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so that that's a clear pick that worked out very well. True. Uh, you know, that's the funny thing. I mean, uh, even if the first rounders aren't here, most of those guys are still playing. They're just not here. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, they're good players. They're, I mean, even Greg Robinson wound up playing and finding his niche somewhere. Yeah, you know did. what I mean? He, he's, he is still playing. He's, he's in Cleveland. He's still in the league. So, Speaking I mean, of. there's... 
there's good players. Um, and sometimes the business of football dictates that they're not here anymore. But for the most part, I think he's done a great job picking at the top of the draft. Right. Yeah. I mean, you look at it, Brockers back in 2012. Oh, you remember the? Do you remember how many people were just steamed when that pick was made? No, I was still in college. Oh, you weren't? Oh, God. Everybody <laughs> wanted Sammy Watkins. Sammy Watkins was no, not no. Who was, who was on the, there? Was a receiver on the draft? Was it Justin Blackman back then? It must have been Blackman. Was it Blackman? Yeah. Everybody wanted Justin yes. Blackman. That's right. Everybody wanted the receiver. Mm. You got to have a receiver. Yeah, you got to have a receiver to be great. Well, on that we both agree. <laughs> so we're not going to get into another yeah. Saquon Barkley argument. No. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean, you can look at it from that point, right? You know, you got in twelve, you had Brockers thirteen. Ogletree, and mm-hmm. then also Tavon Austin. And yes, you know, you can say that Tavon Austin didn't quite work out, and he definitely didn't, and I think that that's a fair thing to say. I think you got everything out of him that you could. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, and then traded him to Dallas during the draft mm-hmm. last year. Uh, but then 14, you know, you had Greg Robinson, who, again, didn't work out for this particular team. I, I would say that you got everything out of him that you could. I think you could have got more. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I think you could. If he's, well, okay. If he's still playing now, you could have gotten more out of him. Maybe. But <laughs> the, the one thing that I think probably did not help Greg Robinson in his career was that uh, Jake Thomas, was that his name? Left tackle? Joe. J- no, 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 no. Jake Tom, uh, Jake Long. Long. Yes. Jake Long. Yeah. <laughs> Goodness. Chris's brother. No, I'm just kidding. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Chris's brother wasn't his brother. If he yeah. hadn't gotten hurt in 14, and then that forced Greg Robinson to move over there probably before he was ready because he was playing at guard. Mm-hmm. Maybe if he plays there for a little bit longer, he gets acclimated to the league a little bit better. Things would have worked yeah, out yeah. differently. Yeah. Um, I think you tried everything you could with him. Yes. Yeah, but you could have gotten more out. Yeah. Perhaps. Um, but then, of course, Aaron Donald also, oh. you know, one of the greatest defensive players to probably ever play the game. You got him at 13 overall in the first round. The only thing, the only knock on his career or just makes you scratch your head is the guy's been like this from day one. What took him so long to start? Greg Williams. Or what took you so long to start? (laughs) Ask Greg Williams that. What wasn't he doing right? (laughs) Greg Williams basically said, you're a rookie, you're not starting. Like, that's yeah. all it was. And I think he's hot for Quentin Williams, the guy in the draft. They say yes. the next Aaron Donald, he's hot for him oh, in Oliver. New York right now. I read something today on Twitter that was like, oh, Ed Oliver, was when he, on his visit with the Jets, he was watching Aaron Donald film with Greg Williams. Yes, yeah. I mean, everybody's on the lookout for the next him. Yeah. Yeah, good, good luck. Good luck with that. Good luck, right. right. Um, but then you had Todd Gurley, number 10 overall. Mm-hmm. Um, in the first round in 15, Jared Goff, obviously number one overall in 2016. So those are the first round picks in the Snead era. We have not seen one clearly since then. You could maybe count Brandon Cooks as one since they traded that pick. True. That, yeah. that was funny last year in the draft room watching Brandon Cooks highlights when the pick came on at number 23. That was funny. Watching highlights? Yeah, Brandon Cooks. Yeah. Because it was their number one oh, pick. Oh, yeah, yeah. Good player. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so th- that would be uh, the draft history. Um, so we will finally kind of get to see the way this all unfolds um, over yeah. the course of the next three days. Oh, let's just get it over with. That's the way I feel about <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, let's get it over with. Let's know who you have and let's get them lined up and let's start playing. Uh, any parting shots? No. <laughs> after after a Saquon Barkley Baker Mayfield discussion that oh we can probably God. continue off the air. I wonder if that was, like, good radio or not. Uh, no, I just love when people <laughs> – I, I knew Baker Mayfield was going to be great. I, really. But you don't need to know if the quarterback <laughs> is going to be great. It's not really? my job to know. It's the talent evaluator's <laughs> job to know. John Dorsey was right, and okay. that it's his job to be right. 
So let's just say, no, just, just, just a question. You had four quarterbacks in the draft, and they're all average guys, and you're a quarterback needy team. You just jump up and take one because you need a quarterback anyway. See, this is a different scenario. No, I'm just asking you. Would, would you go ahead and jump up and take one of those guys just because you need a quarterback? Even I don't though know. You, I don't know. I don't know. Even though your evaluator said, this guy's too short, this guy can't do this. If you're the evaluator, this is a completely different discussion because ba- John Dorsey had the belief in Baker Mayfield. He thought he was the no, best I'm player asking in the draft. You, I'm asking you this question. If I think the guy is the best player in the draft. You're a quarterback needy football team. If I'm a quarterback needy football team and I and think you, the quarterback. And you have four choices. Yeah. And they're all average. You'd still take one. I don't know. What else is there? You're not giving me enough clues in this okay. scenario. The best running back in college football is staring at you in the face. I probably wouldn't pick the best running back. I probably wouldn't. You'd pick one of the average quarterbacks. I might. Okay. Yeah. I think I think it's I think it's and a in four point years of team you'd building. be on TV. <laughs> I maybe I would be, but I'd probably be on TV in four Miles years Simmons, anyway. Former GM. <laughs> no, I'd probably be in on TV in four years anyway if I picked the running back and I didn't have a quarterback or any kind of offensive system that would allow that team to go to the playoffs. We'll see in a very tight East. We'll yeah, see. Yeah. We'll we see in see. a very tight NFC East. Shout out to the Avengers. That was that was going to be my parting shot. Oh my god! Aren't you, Why? Aren't you excited? I, 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 I just had it take. Oh, I hate you for bringing that up again. I'm so excited. I'm ignoring everything on the internet. Please don't spoil oh. it. Don't say anything. No, 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 no. I think people have been pretty respectful so Good. far. There are people who've seen the premiere, and all they said was basically like, "Oh my goodness, this thing is amazing." Did you see Chadwick Boseman's interview? No. When they kept asking him about it, and all he kept saying was, "I'm dead, so don't ask me. I'm dead. Don't ask me. I'm dead. Don't ask me." I love that. Yeah, that's yeah, pretty funny because yeah. he is. He's dead, right? Yes, yes. So maybe we'll talk about that on uh, the next episode. By the nice. time I see it. Um, yes, Game of Thrones. Also, huh? this battle is going to be epic. Nice. Do you watch Game of Thrones? I just started. Really? Yes. Huh. So, what? like, what season are you on? Uh, four. Okay. Yeah. Binge watching. Yeah. Yeah. It's good to binge watch. It came at a different time in my life, man. You know, when I couldn't watch this stuff. (laughs) Right. (laughs) All right. I think that will do it for this edition of Between the Horns. Everybody, thanks so much for listening. For DeMarco Farr, I'm Miles Simmons. Be sure to check out therams.com for all of your NFL draft coverage.